Welcome in to a brand new edition of the PHNX D-Backs podcast, where we are thrilled that we don't have to deal with Carlos Correa and the NL West for 13 years. I am your mayor of PHNX, occasionally known as Derek Montilla. This is my friend. Uh, what What are you? My, I don't want to say sidekick. That feels like a little... That's yeah, a little demeaning. Right? I don't know about Vice that. Mayor? Vice mayor? Vice that mayor. That might even be demeaning, but the one and only Thunderstick, Jesse Friedman. Jesse, Carlos Correa. Gone. I mean, the, the big news of the day is clearly that Jake Lamb signed a minor league no, deal with the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about with Carlos Correa. <laughs> Jake Lamb, another minor another oh. minor league deal. Uh, no, what a wild uh, 12 hours it has been for the world of baseball. It really has. Me and this guy were up at 2 o'clock in the morning text messaging each other if you want to know what our night was like. But of course, <laughs> this show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. While you were sleeping, the Carlos Correa saga took a wild turn. Uh, of course, I guess starting with yesterday, where we discussed that the Correa introductory press conference for the we San did Francisco we Giants, did mention that right? yeah <laughs> it had been postponed, which was weird, uh, and they didn't really give a reason why. Apparently, it was a one sentence uh, uh, letter statement that went out from from the Giants uh, three hours before the press conference was supposed to take place. Correa even had an interview planned with the San Francisco Giants flagship radio station, which got canceled. All Wild. of a sudden, uh, you know, these these flags start turning red really fast, right? Uh, a source told MLB.com's Mark Feinson that the team was waiting on results for unspecified tests. Yeah, it was just a wild uh, a string of events here that led to all of this. So, yeah, basically what happened is, right, this was eight days ago. The San Francisco Giants agreed to a deal with Carlos Correa, 13 years, $350 million. We talked about the deal then. We and we're very sad about it. The implications of having Carlos Correa in the NL West and, you know, the Diamondbacks maybe looking up at the Giants in, in the NL West, at least as, as far as how you might project things to go next year. And apparently the Giants didn't really execute this contract. They didn't actually make this official official. Um, and like you said, the press conference uh, where he was going to meet the media was canceled uh, initially for an unspecified reason. And it turns out, as sort of expected, that there was a issue with uh, Carlos Correa's physical. Correct. Um, yeah, and Ronald, the Giants did Ronald, not like uh, what they saw on that medical report. Ronald Bloom of the Associated Press reported that a medical issue was flagged during Correa's physical. And then it sounded like... Uh, from reports, there was a disagreement, if you will, right. between Correa and his agent, Scott Boris, and the San Francisco Giants about, I'm guessing, the implications of this injury or maybe the severity of the injury, right? Yeah, and what's weird is we don't even know, to my knowledge, we don't know what right. they were even worried about on right. this injury report. Uh, there's sort of some speculation. You can look back at Carlos Correa's injury history and kind of try to figure out what it might have been. Uh, Susan, he had some back issues, right? Yeah, he's had some back issues. I believe Susan Slusser reported that the back issues were not uh, the holdup here. Um, he had surgery for a fractured fibula, I want to say, when he was like 19 years old, back when he was in the minor leagues. Yep. Uh, but other than that, I mean, Carlos Correa in general has been a reasonably healthy player. Very, very uh, he hasn't, durable. he hasn't, yeah, he hasn't missed a whole lot of time. So it, this sort of thing is kind of normal, right? One doctor looks at a report and said and sees one thing, and another doctor can can look very at true. that same report and see another thing. We, we hear um, about, you know, obviously second opinions all the time. We also hear right, about players right. that 
potentially could have season end, ending injury that then they just kind of do some rehab and end up not doing that thing. So medical advice can vary. That's one thing we have to remember. Let's stop posting these videos of doctors from the 1980s and thinking that they have any kind of clout. Can we do that? Can we do that? They're just people. <laughs> doctors can just be people. In this case, these people uh, had a disagreement. John Heyman reported that the Giants at Correa's camp had a difference of opinion, if you will, on the results of the physical, prompting agent Scott Boris to consummate a new deal with Mets owner Steve Cohen. And I don't want to say we're prophetic around here, but Jacob, <laughs> if you could please, here's a little clip uh, from last week's show where we might have given you a hint that this exact thing was going to happen. Let's go. <laughs> but speaking of money spent, let's take a look now at some of the free eight or the biggest spenders as far as free agency goes. I like to call these guys uh, the Santa Claus of the holiday free agency season. Of course, we have the San Francisco Giants now outspending everybody with the Carlos Correa deal uh, and the New York Mets just a tad behind. I, I, do you think this bothers Steve Cohen? Do you think that he needs I, I to think, spend I think it absolutely bothers Steve else? Cohen. Yeah. Yes, for sure. He's going to go sign, you know, some guy to to some like minor league contract with uh -huh. an invite to spring training yep. or something yeah. that has incentives that could push At push the Mets over the Giants. 1.5 million, right? yeah. Yeah, 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 something just like that. Enough, right? <laughs> you were right. He's going to sign some guy. That's for sure. Didn't know it was going to be the not, one. That not a minor league. Uh, not a minor league contract. Exactly. A oh, slightly larger contract than that. Uh, more importantly, John Heyman has broken Giants fans hearts more yeah. in the last <laughs> month than any reporter I know in the history of the sport of baseball. Yeah, John Heyman, of course, he was the guy who reported Aaron Judge to the Giants. Arson and then Judge. Arson Judge Arson, to the Arson Giants, Judge. correct, correct. <laughs> um, and then, of course, that wound up not being the case. So he was wrong in that sense, breaking Giants fans' <laughs> hearts. I bet and they then, wished he was wrong on this one, And then right? in this like case, he was it? actually right, breaking Giants fans' hearts once yeah. again. And I know last night there were some people... Uh, maybe somewhat concerned, like John Heyman was really the only one reporting it, at least initially. Sure, uh, sure. Susan Slusser also reported, I think, soon thereafter. Um, but yeah, I mean, when John Heyman is reporting something, but you don't hear anything <laughs> yeah. from Jeff Passan or Ken Rosenthal, I think a lot salt. of fans are maybe taking that with a grain of salt. But in this case, John Heyman nailed it. And uh, yeah, Giants fans probably don't don't like that guy too much no, anymore. No, <laughs> uh, you, you said this tweet came out around 1230 at night, our time last night. Like I said, Jesse and I could not yep. sleep after this. So, we're so this is 2.30 in the morning in the, yeah, on the New East York Coast. Time, right. So so the vast majority of Mets fans were probably asleep when this happened. Terms of the deal are a 12-year, $315 million deal with the New York Mets. Uh, and the most important part, again, is that he is out of the NL West. That's that's a key that we need to drive home here because the Diamondbacks are going to have to deal with Carlos Correa, a very, very good player for a very long time. Yeah. Looking at this from the San Francisco Giants' perspective, they were going to sign what they thought was a very good player to a very long contract. Now, I, I mean, I, I don't... I don't hate the fact that they didn't go through with this deal um, because from an outsider perspective, at least, <laughs> because do you really want to pay that much money for that length of time to somebody that could potentially yeah. have a questionable, questionable health or durability issue yeah. going forward, right? That's it's the a, one thing you want. I think it's, it's fair to wonder if like, yes, the physical played a role, but also did the Giants just kind of get cold feet at the yeah, last second very, and like maybe they kind of used like, yeah, we saw some oh, stuff yeah, on the physical yeah. we didn't like. Yeah. 
Um, that's how it's being reported. So I'm inclined to think that that is, that is the case. It was all just a matter of health, but I think it's at least possible that, you know, maybe the giants got cold feet and didn't want to execute this deal when all was said and done. But yeah, from the D backs perspective, I think this probably helps not a ton. Uh, you're probably, you know, there's a chance you're in the mix with the Mets, you know, for a wild card spot. So the Mets getting better doesn't necessarily help you, but also it was going to be really hard for the D backs to beat the Mets anyway. Uh, you know, given all of the other moves that they made. Uh, whereas now that the Giants don't have Carlos Correa, um, I think the D-backs actually line up pretty favorably with them in the NL West, although that's still still pretty close. And we're going to have to see uh, what the Giants do now. Maybe the Giants right. get more aggressive in some other areas now that this deal has fallen through for them. I think when you're talking about what you just said about if maybe they got cold feet, if maybe this was something that the Giants really didn't want to go through with on their yeah. end, it's important to wait to see if we if, if, if they make any moves, right? However, to, to contradict that point, uh, they, they well, no, here, here's what by, by thinking that they had. <laughs> you're, Carlos, just, you're just going to contradict me. Yeah, right? well, well, OK, here's here's why I say that that wouldn't be a good idea. Or what probably not part of their plan is because they had Carlos Correa for like a week. Right. Like you said, like eight days from the yeah. announcement or whatever. Aaron Judge for seven minutes oh, and uh, Carlos Correa for eight days. It's, it's the worst <laughs> roster moves ever. But my thought is they really took themselves out of contention for other free agents that were signed during that period of time right yeah so that's, that's the only reason why this point. isn't it wouldn't be a wise move on their part to now back out of the deal and expect to be able to nab someone up because be, to be honest most of the big names are off the board right more importantly the new york mets kind of have something that might interest the arizona diamondbacks going on as well because the arizona or the new york mets now have kind of a surplus of their own the plan do. is to move Carlos Correa to third base. Yeah. Right? Which is interesting. Which is interesting. He's a pretty good shortstop to be accepting a move to third that's base. Right. That's but right. But Mijente was over there, right? You got Francisco Lindor and Carlos Correa, two Puerto Ricans. So let's go. There you go. Um, but that makes uh, two players within the uh, Mets organization expendable. Old friend Eduardo Escobar. Yeah. As well as uh, Beatty that the Diamondbacks were Brett checking Beatty. in on. Uh, for a trade in regards to one of their young outfielders. Now, if you look at the Mets, they don't fucking need anybody else, but they still <laughs> they still could use another young, you know, prospect outfielder that's that's very talented, like the Diamondbacks. Have. Yeah, it's interesting. I I think Ken Rosenthal um, in in his column about this whole thing today. I want to say that it was that piece. Um, I believe he mentioned that yes, Brett Beatty would now be expendable for them, and frankly, there's no reason to keep Brett Beatty in the organization now that you have both Lindor. And Carlos Correa locked up into the Especially twenty for, yeah, 12, into the twenty thirties. Uh, they're going to be set on the left side of the infield for a while. I don't think that sets up a move for the Diamondbacks. If I'm being honest, okay. um, from what Rosenthal said, it sounds like the Mets would be targeting pitching more than they would be targeting an outfielder. They already brought back Brandon Nimmo. Uh, that's the move that they made when the Diamondbacks asked Correct. for Brett Beatty Correct. in exchange for Alec Thomas when those two sides were discussing that deal. So I think the Mets are kind of already set in the outfield, and if they're going to move, you know, a big prospect like Brett Beatty, they're probably not going to do it to get like a fourth outfielder, which is what. You know, what, Jake McCarthy or Alec Thomas or one of those guys would be for them. Yeah, there's one. The, 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 there's one factor that's the most important here, uh, and it doesn't involve the Diamondbacks, the Mets, or the Giants. It involves this man and the fact that now, because this deal happened, this man needs to eat an entire Toyota Rav Four. <laughs> uh, based on a tweet he sent out on December, let's see, December 11th, he said, "I'll eat a Toyota Rav Four on a live stream if the Mets sign Correa." Well. <laughs> 
guess what, pal? <laughs> we just subscribed to your channel, so get on that. I would eat a cake shaped like a RAV4. That's the route okay. I would go if I had painted myself into this corner. What about you? I feel slightly attacked by this tweet I just because you did. As, as the owner of a RAV4. Uh, you don't uh, want to see any RAV4 violence. Yeah, no. The no no RAV4s consume. can be harmed in the making of any videos. I will not I will not accept that. <laughs> At least not my RAV4. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, He's very protective of his RAV4. I'm very, very protective of, of the sick RAV4. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, in Arizona Diamondbacks news, uh, the, another name is now off the board i know you may have heard me say that before but brandon drury agrees to a deal with the los angeles angels uh one less player that the diamondbacks really have to acquire uh, on the free agent market at least for that third base uh hole that they have if you will uh so now it's evan longoria or bust so that's where we're at right i don't yeah like on paper yes right <laughs> i mean that he's the last guy who's there that the diamondbacks have been linked to so i definitely understand that perspective I don't know if Evan Longoria necessarily moves the needle that much for the Diamondbacks. I wouldn't be, I think, like, if you're a fan, I, I don't think you should be mad at an addition of Evan Longoria, depending on the price. Like, sure. like it gives the D-backs some depth, especially at DH. There's still some at-bats at DH that um, are not necessarily accounted for. It'd be good to have a right-handed hitter to take those at-bats. But is Evan Longoria, like, significantly better than Emmanuel Rivera and Josh Rojas, like, as a platoon at third base? Yes, Probably not. I think, um, I think he is. Then I, I still think we hold uh, Emmanuel Rivera in very high regard. That's for, fair for the first month that he was a member. Of it it team, was right? sort of like a month or a month and a half of yeah. very very good hitting, and then he kind of dropped off. So yeah, I think I feel I think Evan Longoria, at least on paper, maybe moves the needle even a little bit more than Brandon Drury, uh, who who you just mentioned there, who signed with the Angels. But yeah, you're not talking about a huge, a huge addition there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it'd be fine. Like if the Diamondbacks can still get Evan Longoria, I do think it would help them a little bit and and could be worth doing depending on the price. And I don't think he's at the worst point in his career. To be honest, he's a career 265 hitter. And last season he hit 244. He still was, uh, I mean, a, co a contributor to a bad Giants team. So I'm not going to say like, he was the end-all be-all, but I don't really think he was the reason why they were bad. I still think he <laughs> has been a good addition to this team, and more than, any, more than anything, he's been consistent. You know what I mean? Like, the guy has played yeah. uh, consistently. I mean, his, his playing time got cut, obviously, due to... You know his declining skills. Over well, the last... and he was he was hurt kind of a lot last yeah, year. Yeah. I think well, he would have played last, a near uh, nearly a full season if he could have. But he's he hasn't played a true full. I mean, I guess twenty twenty played fifty three out of the sixty right, games. Yeah, Maybe yeah. you count that a full season, but he hasn't played close to a full one sixty two since, since twenty seventeen. Yeah, really, he was with the with, with the Tampa Bay. Right, so, right. Yeah. But you're saying you want Evan Longoria? Is it, is it Evan Longoria or bust for Diamondbacks fans, Derek? Is that I, what you're saying? No, I don't think so because I still think that, like you said, there's moves to be made. There's, you know, it just – there's not a lot in, in their system, you know, when it comes to third base. No. It would almost require – Not in someone, terms of right-handed offense. Right. There's really and, nothing and, there. And it yeah. would require someone to change position and, and you know, within – within the organization they also just don't have a future there you know it's not like with with jordan luplo or jordan lawler i'll never say jordan i'll never have to make that confusion ever again uh jordan lawler you know coming jordan luplo is a brave now uh, yeah, he's, gone. he's out of our lives uh lawler coming up though you know i mean that's one of the things that we have to be very careful about when we talk about acquiring a shortstop but let's be honest the diamondbacks could use a shortstop right now they they could use a guy nick ahmed's gonna be back and we'll see how he plays after coming back from yeah. the injury but 
I'm I'm saying for right now, I don't think they're set in the infield. Do, do you think that they're thinking that maybe Lawler's switching to third base full time, and that's why they haven't made a move toward third base? Uh probably not. Um, I think it's possible. Like from what I've seen of of Lawler playing defense, I haven't necessarily been like enormously impressed. Sure. But he's still just so young and raw at that position that it's probably too early to make that judgment. It's probably something in the back of their minds, though. Like I don't, the D backs probably aren't looking at Jordan Lawler as like, yes, he is a hundred percent going to be you know a lock in shortstop for his entire career or anything. I don't think we're quite at that point yet. But you're probably also not at the point of like, yes, we need to, um, you know, we need to find a shortstop because Jordan Lawler can't can't do that either. Yeah. All right. Well, if you haven't done so already, uh, go over to our website, gophnx.com. Check out Jesse's wonderful articles, most of which are unlocked. Uh, but the ones that are locked, you can get access to by becoming a D-backs diehard. That's right. Not PHNX diehard. We're D-backs diehards over here. But uh It'll give you all sorts of wonderful things. Not only will you get a free hat or shirt from the phnxlocker.com every single year you're a member, you also get 20% off, access to our members-only Discord, <laughs> and so much more. Most importantly, you get discounts. We're talking about discounts across the board. We're going to have discounts available for our partners, discounts available at the phnxlocker.com, and discounts on events like our upcoming PHNX Tea Party on January 13th out at Dobson Ranch Golf Course. Uh, we are partnering together with our friends at Four Peaks, and we are going to bring you guys an incredible time. Uh, of course, PHNX diehards get $36 per person rate versus the $45 per person uh, normal rate that we have for anybody can join us. But diehards get that discount. Uh, same thing with foursomes. You get a discount there. Uh, the entry fee will include unlimited range balls, a set of rental clubs, uh, one free hour of range time and golf balls at Dobson Ranch to be used at a later time. So you can come back and check out their wonderful driving range. I've talked about it a bunch. It's incredible. I had a blast out there playing all of the little mini games they have. They have an incredible ball tracking system that lets you still hit on an open range, but has all of your uh, balls tracked. If you if you shank one like I did, I told you guys this, they'll tell you an attendant is on the way to check on you. That's very funny to me. I don't know what they're checking on. Is it? <laughs> do they want to check on me to see if I'm bad, or do they want to make sure I'm okay, that I didn't have like a heart attack while hitting the ball or something? I don't know, but uh, so much fun to be had. Jesse's going to beat you in ping pong. I'm talking that way up, so when he doesn't, uh, he can feel really bad about himself. <laughs> Lindsay's going to be hoarding all of the hot chocolate and all of the heaters so you can find those gathered around her. Most importantly, we're going to be having a great time with the PHNX Suns crew watching the Suns versus Timberwolves on jumbo screens out there. We're going to have a basketball, th- what is it, a shot of glory out there? I don't even know. We have so much stuff going on. Most importantly, drop the kiddos off at a free kids clinic provided for all kids 10 and under. I'm going to lie about my child's age and tell them she's 10 and under so she can get in. Um, I, maybe I shouldn't <laughs> be telling you guys that or anyone at the golf course, but uh, make sure to join us. Of course, it's our inaugural PHNXT party presented by our friends at Four Peaks and Dobson Ranch Golf Course. We're going to rent out the entire driving range. Come hang out with us, the PHNX Suns crew, fellow diehards, big drive energy, and more for a night of golf, food, drinks, contests, prizes, and more. Our PHNX Suns crew, of course, like I said, will be hosting that watch party, and Four Peaks will be out there providing beer samples and swag. So check the link in the description to reserve your spot right now. And for our diehards, Check Discord for your special link where you'll save 70% on this awesome event. Um, And again, if you can't join us out there, make sure to grab some Four Peaks near you, uh, wherever you get your local beer. Join us remotely. Uh, (laughs) Get it for watching the show. And yes, uh, hey, an attendant is checking on you. Is their nice way of saying, hey, dipshit, hit towards the middle. Yes, thank you, Brett. I appreciate you saying that. So, uh, Must be 21 years or older to enjoy Four Peaks and enjoy responsibly. 
Jesse, it's report card time. It is. We've been reviewing the Arizona Diamondbacks individual season performances from 2022. And this time we are taking on the short king himself, the man with all the tools, the one and only Dalton Varsho. So uh, I'm going to let you have the floor first as far okay. as, as your report card goes. So as far as uh, this is the all the tools guy, this right? Is the this all is the tools this guy. is this He's is the guy. The tools, you right. you guys you guys know about Dalton Varsho, correct? Um, and yes, correct. as uh, fittingly uh, under the tools category, rather than giving a letter grade, letter I simply have it's all. all. It's all. just it all. Makes, it makes all tools the all. all the sense in the world. Um, as far as the actual letter grades go, uh, hit. I have a C minus for Dalton Varsho. Wow. Um, and I know why that is. Rel- it's, it is relatively, that is. it is relatively low. Um, you're, you're basing that on his average exit below, aren't you? I, that's sort of part of it. Okay. That's sort of part of it. it um, and, and yes, wow. Look at, look at you, Derek, with all these, all these fancy numbers. Look at me. Um, Dalton Varsho's expected batting average, which is another like stat cast stat, um, <laughs> is, uh, is 214, uh, from this, from this last year. It's in the seventh percentile. <laughs> it is not, not particularly great. Um, so basically what, yeah, what you're saying about like his average exit velo, that was in the 25th percentile. The numbers suggest that Dalton Varsho hit 235, and that was probably on the higher end of what he might have deserved to come away with at the end of the year. Um, I do think that going into next year, the shift will certainly uh, help him. The fact that the shift is going to be restricted. Uh, Dalton Varsho led the league in pull rate last year out of hitters who had like 450 or more plate appearances. He pulls the ball a ton. Uh, he also has a lot of fly balls, so we'll see. Uh, not not all of those pulled balls are necessarily going to turn into hits because a lot of them are in the air. We'll see how that turns out. But moving on to the other categories, I have a B plus in the power department. 27 home runs. Pretty solid for Dalton Varsho. Um, maybe there's a little bit more room for him to add there. But in terms of the power numbers, it was a really solid season for him. Um, he ran the bases well. I'm giving him a B plus there. He was 16 for 22 in stolen bases, yeah. which is pretty good for a guy who you know catches and and you know plays the outfield and uh does all of the things that he he does in other areas of the game um and then of course the fielding can't go anything other than an a plus i've written about why dalton varsho should have won a gold glove award this year either in right field or the new utility category uh that they've introduced i think he was snubbed in that regard and he arguably is the best or at least was the best uh, defender in the outfield and all of baseball in 2022. So I can't go anything other than an A plus in the fielding department for Dalton Varsho. His, his outfielder jump is at in the 97th percentile, yeah. and his outs above average is in the 99th percentile. The man right. is just a defensive beast. And let's remember that this is a guy that came up as a catcher. Like he had very little focus in the minor leagues on being an outfielder. Very not, true. Not and, and you factor in. Chase Field's ridiculous dimensions and that stupid-ass porch. And, yeah, you have a guy that adapted very quickly to not only center field, where he was fantastic, but right field, where he ended up living his, his the rest of his season out. So, uh, I much like, much like a, a teacher that favors a student, my grades are much higher on this. Let's take a look, Jacob, what I got over here. Oh, here we of go. Of course. Uh, yes, tools. I just gave him an A plus on tools because, like you said, he has all the tools. Uh, and my mine were a little bit more favorable here. I, I agree with you on on the hitting, though. I probably could have given him uh, a little bit lower on the hitting. Uh, but I just thought that, to be honest, the fact that his barrel percentage is in the 70th percentile, he kept his strikeouts fairly low uh, compared to the league. Uh, and I mean, of course, it's it was just the unexpected, you know. Uh, 
offensive numbers that he put up. I know defensively he was good, but I, I just felt like I think it's probably a player that the bar was set a bit low on, you know, when he struggled and he first yeah. came up. You know, he had a he had a good second half of his season the prior year, but that kind of seemed a little fluky, like why like what we might see out of, you know, or what we might feel like we've seen out of like let's say Jake McCarthy this year. I just thought he continued to be excellent at the plate and honestly the Diamondbacks second most you know, potent offensive threat. Obviously, power there represents that as well. Uh, I thought he was like like Jesse said, the speed on base base paths was great. More yeah. importantly, his is the the jump speed and his ability to play defense also factored in there as well. Sure. And then yeah, fielding, I would give him seven pluses behind that A because he deserves <laughs> every single one of them. Uh, someone said in the comments, Brett Johnson said that the man has single handedly uh, put Ace. Out of business, Ace, Ace Hardware, for those of you that are younger and might not remember that Ace Hardware even existed, uh, <laughs> that's the reference he's making there. Uh, I, I just think that all of these things, uh, this is the first report card for me without a C or D. Yeah, yeah, look at that. Like I said, I, fav <laughs> I favor Dalton Varsho, but uh, sadly, we had to do this quickly because we didn't know how much longer we would have to actually grade Dalton Varsho as a member of this team. Which is sad to say. I think in the end, though, we'll probably see none of the outfielders moved, and we'll see this team yeah. proceed with a roster very similar to what they had last year. Yeah, it's fair. It seems. I mean, it seems like there's probably no movement between now and like the holidays. Probably looking in January, maybe things pick up again. We but have 65 days until spring training. That's yeah. 65. I mean, the the clock is the clock is ticking. Yep. Time is running a little bit short here. But yeah, I mean, one phone call can change everything when it comes to trade negotiations. Yeah. So you never really and know. And it's not like they haven't been connected. We've heard a lot of people checking in with the right. backs. We've heard them checking in with other people. So uh, yeah, definitely. And yes, Derek with Dalton Varsho bias confirmed. Absolutely. And I'll never <laughs> not have Dalton Varsho uh, bias. Uh, do you think we go after Nathan Avaldi mm. at all? That's... A I don't know. What do you yeah, think? I'm I'm actually so later today I'll have a, a piece out on free agent targets who are still out there. So believe it or not, there's still a few. It's not just Evan Longoria. There's a few others uh, that I'll draw your attention to as well. I, I'm actually right before we started the show, I'm like mentally debating, like, should I put Nate Uvaldi on this list or is he just too unrealistic for the Diamondbacks? Um, my guess is he is too. Un he is probably a little bit unrealistic for the Diamondbacks sure. when all is said and done. Um, he's your best starter that's left and a lot of teams still need starting pitching. Um, and so I think he's going to get, you know, probably four years, um, you know, maybe somewhat similar to what Taiwan Walker and Jamison Tyone got, maybe a little bit less than that. I don't know if the D-backs are in a spot right now where they want to make that kind of an investment right. on a starting pitcher. I think they're more they're more looking for, you know, like a Wade Miley, um, maybe a Rich Hill, you know, the the veterans who are, who are steady. Uh, those are the guys that I think they're they're most likely to be looking at moving forward. I wouldn't rule it out. It's possible uh, based on how much money I think they have to spend the rest of the offseason. Evaldi would pretty much take all of that by himself. Um, but maybe the D-backs stretch the budget a little bit more than we're expecting. Certainly anything is possible. Well, our fearless leader, uh, Saul Bookman, tweeted out this morning about the Diamondbacks payroll for 2021 being just over $85 million. Uh, and then uh, linking that to Jeff Passan's tweet about the amount of money the Mets have spent in free agency alone. I mean, it's absurd. $806.1 million dollars committed to the free agents that they either brought back 
or signed this offseason. So, yeah, uh, as, as Saul said, baseball inequity sucks. It really, really does. But we far too often put the blame on MLB and baseball itself, when in reality, you can spend whatever you want, right? Yeah, I mean, well, really Steve, Steve Cohen has made that abundantly clear. Oh my God. Just, <laughs> Steve Cohen, the price tag on this Mets roster, once you factor in just the raw cost of it, along with the luxury tax bill that they're facing, it's nearly half a billion dollars for just the 2023 <sighs> New York Mets roster, they're looking at about $480 million at this point. Um, and then you have, yeah, a team like the Diamondbacks that currently is, you know, 105 maybe after after bringing in Scott McGuff, 105, 108, something in that range. Um, there's a pretty big difference between a team that is willing to spend $480 million versus a team that's willing to spend, you know, in the low 100s um, in, in payroll. And that's just, I think, the addition of Steve Cohen into... Uh, you know, into the baseball sphere has has caused a lot of people to it's be chaos. concerned it's about like chaos. where where are we going with this? Yeah, when and, is it going to stop? When is when is too much? Too much, right? Right. And, and Ken was, Kendrick was one of the four owners who voted against uh, Steve Cohen <laughs> being brought in as an MLB owner, and, and it was for this reason. And we know why now. We know why. We know why. Um, here's the thing, though: is the Mets are in a terrible division as far as competing just as bad as the diamondbacks are in right by you mean like terrible division as in like it's very very good i'm sorry it's a terrible situation in (laughs) okay okay they're in a fantastic division (laughs) don't forget so many good teams don't forget though that you're not playing your division as much no i know that but it's still a matter of winning the division and the route to the playoffs right so but yes the the schedule for next year that that's it's much better as far as not playing your division and not getting stuck getting beat up on by overpowered teams that you know you you have to beat them not only in games but beat them overall in the season in order to try to make the playoffs right i think the mets are just tired tired of losing they're, they 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 want to be the ones they want to be yeah. the ones that spend all the money in new york they want to be the ones that that buy all the players and and create this all-star roster the only problem is, is how many times historically has that really worked? Not much. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of times where you look back on rosters like a Florida Marlins roster here or there or certain teams where, like, knowing how good the players ended up being, they were all-star caliber rosters. But they were, at the time, they 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 were homegrown and maybe added in little pieces, not doing it the way that the Mets are doing it. Who knows if this equates to the Mets winning the world series yeah or not. I mean, it's a fascinating question i the don't Dodgers would have five world series by now over the last 10 years <laughs> if it was about who spent the most money. that's right? true that's true and i don't necessarily look at this mets roster and say this is by far the best roster in the national league i don't think they're at that point a lot of the money they've spent is just to either bring back guys that they already had and brandon nimmo and edwin diaz or replace the guy that they lost in justin verlander instead of jacob Degrom, right uh, Carlos Correa is the one guy they brought in where it's like, okay, this is actually a substantial upgrade. And he's not over... going to play his position. Right. And he's going to play third, which he'll probably be a fantastic third baseman. Oh, I don't incredible. know if that yeah. necessarily drags down his value a ton. But yeah, it's not like this Mets team is, you know, way, way better than it was last year. Uh, but it, I mean, it's a pretty darn good team. It's so. a pretty darn good team. <laughs> um, if you're watching us right now on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel, we thank you guys for being here. Of course, if you haven't done so already, Please subscribe to the channel, sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when any of our shows go live. Leave us a thumbs up for my self-esteem. And if you're listening to us on your favorite audio podcasting app, 
Please subscribe to us there if you haven't done so already and leave us a review. We appreciate you for doing so. Uh, the Mets are definitely building something, uh, but you know what? You don't have to build anything if you get your furniture through murfurniture.com. Forget Ikea and all of their stuff you have to put together yourself. Go get yourself furniture that's already put together wonderfully by our friends at More Furniture. And right now they have their holiday clearance event, which is happening down at More Furniture, and you can save up to 50% off. Jesse, sometimes when I go to More Furniture's like showroom, uh, they decorate it for the holidays, yeah. and then I get ideas on how to decorate. So one of the ideas <laughs> that they did was they had like some pictures that were like wrapped, like gifts, you know, like a picture frame. But okay. instead of it just being itself, they wrapped it like a gift. I did that at my house, and my daughter asked me why I was so extra. <laughs> Wait, so you're wrapping, like you're taking pictures off the you wall, take it off the wall, and you you're wrapping, wrapping it. Paper, put a bow on it. Looks like a gifts up on your wall. But then you can't see the picture anymore. Jesse, it's just for a month, for Pete's sake. Yeah, but like Jesse hasn't even shopped yet. It's okay. Jesse doesn't no, have haven't. anything on I his haven't. walls that I didn't give him as a present. So <laughs> let's be honest here. Isn't Christmas about like, like you decorate the things that you have? You enhance the appearance of the things you have. Yeah. You don't cover up the things you I'm have with wrap Christmas. That Neil Lomax picture as a fucking present. Please do. do. I am going. To do that. I swear. <laughs> to God. That one, I think I'd be okay. I think I'd be okay with that. <laughs> uh, uh, before we get out of here, I tweeted about this earlier this week, but I wanted to give a quick shout out and thank you to our friends in the country of Brazil. Uh, for one beautiful day in November, Jesse, we were the number one baseball podcast in Brazil. And I just want to thank you all so much for listening. I'm sure it's just one guy. We're, we're really taking a victory lap on I this, am. I'm we? taking a victory lap on this one day that we were number one. I mean, can't take that away from us. We actually don't track our metrics in the U.S. No, we're we only about concerned that. about our performance in Brazil Great and Britain select, and Canada. Yeah, yeah, select countries it. in Africa. And uh, yeah, I think New Zealand also. I'm especially, I like to keep a close eye on how we're doing there. But the U.S. is, you know, we, we don't really... That, right. That's not that's right. not really Although, shout factor. out to CHGO Cubs, though. Did you see this? No, what they tweeted what out the other day that they were the number three podcast for baseball in America. <laughs> Whatever. Well, how did they do in Brazil, though? <laughs> yeah, they were weren't number, number one. one, were they? Damn it, damn it. <laughs> I said they weren't number one. Oh, they weren't. Number you were, one. yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, I want to, by to any Brazilians listening, I want to try uh, fe, feijota. I think that's how it's called. It's this delicious looking stew. Okay, now we're the, now we're trying Brazilian now, stew. Hey, okay. I'm trying to not only get us back to number one, but keep us there is what I'm trying to do here, Jesse. Uh, another quick update that we had uh, on the cat from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I, we have uh, an update on that. Did the cat did the cat recover? The cat's okay. The cat's that's that's movie magic right there, folks. <laughs> Uh, a lot of people wanted to know the specifics about my wife's connection. Apparently, my wife's Aunt Carla, who is uh, no longer with us, was the actual caregiver for this cat. She was Really? It was her cat. The cat's name uh, in real life was Shithead, or S-H for short. Uh, but yes, this, <laughs> this is... The, That's this terrible. Is a, this is a very true situation. Uh, my, my wife's aunt was an artist who lived in L.A., and she actually did a lot of artwork that they would buy and hang up in movies in the background just to have, like, art on the walls. And then eventually okay. she started selling it to, like, hotel chains and stuff like that. But yeah, there's that story so that everybody can rest easy. Uh, rest much easier than Jesse and I did last night with the Carlos Wait, Correa so, information. so now I have to ask, like... Yeah. 
like they didn't they didn't actually electrocute the cat in it. Jesse, like, no. Okay. Jesse, no. Right. You're not asking me that. Okay. I shouldn't even have to answer that. Oh my god. Oh. Is the cat still alive? <laughs> oh my god. No, the cat's not alive. Okay. That movie was filmed 30 years ago, Jesse. It would be some sort of record if that cat was still alive. My god. I just figured it was worth asking. I, I mean, it would be oh. what a legend like a legendary cat that was in <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It was still alive yeah. at like age 40. Yeah, 40 years like later. what a, yeah. what an incredible story. Yeah. No. no, no. <laughs> Not at all. But anyway, uh, if your kids have wonderful <laughs> questions for you the way Jesse does for me, here's what you do with them during their winter break. You take them to Octane Raceway, there Mavericks. You go, you go experience uh, the United States' only full-time indoor-outdoor track uh, and also the 22 bowling lanes, 85 arcade games, and the state-of-the-art laser tag arena over at Mavericks. And, of course, we have a blast going out there ourselves uh, you could see the video where Jesse and I are like killing zombies and I'm really into it. So check that out. Uh, they have a 5,000 square foot restaurant bar featuring a chef curated menu. The burgers are incredible craft beers, custom cocktails, all of that. Uh, every Wednesday since today is, is today Wednesday. Today's still Wednesday. Today right? I believe is Wednesday. Oh my God. It's yeah. winning Wednesday. It's winning Wednesday for us because Carlos Correa is out of the NL West and it's winning Wednesday over at Mavericks where you can get half price arcade games all day long. What better place to take the kiddos out for some fun during their winter break. So make sure to check out our friends at Mavericks and Octane Raceway. Uh, and it's right there in the shadow of Salt River Field. So 65 days from now, you it know is. where we're going to be at. Yeah. You can be there too watching spring training baseball. But until That's then, like the dream of a day. It really like, is. Like spend half the day at, at Mavericks and then... Bowling and playing arcade and games. Then and then go then, hit yeah. up a spring training oh, game yeah. in the afternoon. Then at night you go to a talking stick and make there, some you money. there you go. There you go. Uh, of course, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. Our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs, but of course all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we thank you guys again for joining us, not only on the live show, but in Discord, in the chat, and wherever you guys join us, Twitter, everywhere. Uh, we're all going to celebrate not having to deal with Correa for 13 years <laughs> in the NOS. Thank God. But anyway, uh, we thank you guys again. On behalf of Faj, Jesse, and myself, we always appreciate your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun. But it's so much more fun when you're Steve Cohen.